0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is October 4th. Today, we're going to continue with this week's Come Follow Me block. But before we do that, I also want to talk a little bit more about some awesome quotes that we heard yesterday in General Conference. So, starting with Elder Uchtdorf's talk, he said, Do you want to change the shape of your life? Change the shape of your day. Do you want to change your day? Change this hour. Change what you think, feel, And do at this very moment. I absolutely loved that quote. It really rang true with me because I feel like oftentimes we can get into a scenario where we feel like we are stuck or like we don't have options, that there's nothing that we can do. And that is a tool of the adversary. He wants us to believe that we have no choice, that we have no agency, that we can't do anything to change our lives or our days. The scriptures are clear, though, that God made us to act and not to be acted upon. And so if we want to change our life, we begin by changing our days. And if we want to change our days, we begin by changing our hours. Everything in life has choices. Now, we might not want the consequences of our choices if we try to change certain things, but it's still a choice. So we should never feel ensnared or imprisoned in our lives or in our days. We make choices and we can make the choices that will lead to the things that we want in life. So I really, absolutely loved that quote. Sister Johnson said, Why do we want the Savior to be the author and finisher of our stories? Because He knows our potential perfectly. He will take us places we never imagined ourselves. This quote rang true to me because of. President Benson's quote where he talks about men and women who turn their lives over to God will find that he can make a lot more of their lives than they can. We want the Savior to be the author and the finisher of our faith because we have faith that he can make more of us and our lives and our stories than we can do on our own. Next, Elder Renlund said, What can I do to foster unity? How can I respond to help this person draw closer to Christ? What can I do to lessen contention and to build a compassionate and caring church community? I loved this one. Oftentimes, especially with social media, we have to take a step back and we have to ask ourselves, is posting my opinion about this worth my peace, worth contention, worth bringing in the spirit of contention? Nine times out of 10, the answer to that is no, it's not. And that was what Elder Renlund's talk really brought to my mind, that we need to be more careful about the things that we throw out there, more careful about the spirit of contention that we sometimes willingly invite into our lives. President Nelson said, everything we believe and every promise God has made to his covenant people come together in the temple. I love this. I love this, especially because of what we've been talking about with covenants lately, about how a covenant isn't just a two-way promise. It's our way to have a special relationship with our Father in Heaven. It's our way to bind ourselves to Him. The song, Come Thou Fount, says, Here's my heart, take and seal it for thy courts above. It's through covenants that we offer our heart to our Father in Heaven so that we can seal our hearts to Him. And it's there in the temple when all of these covenants come together and our hearts can truly be sealed to God. Elder Perkins, wow, this whole talk was just amazing. He said, I fear that too many church members think if they are just a little tougher, they can get through any suffering on their own. This is a hard way to live. Your temporary moment of strength can never compare to the Savior's infinite supply of power to fortify your soul. One of the themes that I saw throughout conference was this theme of being strengthened in the Savior. Doctrine and Covenant, section 121, where it talks about, My son, peace be unto thy soul, thine adversities and thine afflictions shall be but a small moment. That scripture was quoted at least three times that I heard. That was such a theme about the Savior's willingness and ability to come to us and to comfort us and to raise us up. Loved that talk by Elder Perkins. And then President Nelson at the very end of the conference says, I plead with you today to counter the lure of the world by making time for the Lord in your life each and every day. My friends, I am so grateful for you joining with me on this podcast as I try to do that. This podcast really started as my way to hold myself accountable to have a good study every day, not just to open my scriptures and to read, but to really study the gospel. I recognized that I study a lot better when I study to teach. And so I decided, okay, I'm just going to study to teach every single day. And I'm grateful for you going on this journey with me every day as I try to do what President Nelson says here and make time for the Lord in my life every single day. So let's jump into Doctrine and Covenants section 111. If you'll remember, we talked about the reason why this section came about yesterday and the debt that the church was experiencing and how they went to Salem hoping to find money and have a solution to this kind of debt crisis that they're going through. Now here in section 111, the Lord is like, oh, bless your guys' heart. (laughs) That's not how this is going to work. And he doesn't chastise them. In fact, in verse one, it says, I, the Lord, your God, am not displeased with you coming on this journey, notwithstanding your follies. That scripture to me is such a bless your heart. He's like, guys, come on. I'm not mad at you. I'm not displeased. But mistakes were made. This is not how this works. And then verse two, I love what the Lord teaches him here. He says, I have much treasure in this city for you for the benefit of Zion and many people. In this city, whom I will gather out in due time for the benefit of Zion. I love this because it would be easy to hear this and be like, oh, he's got treasure, like physical wealth for us and people. But the treasure was the people. Doctrine and Covenants, section 18, verse 10, the Lord says, the worth of souls is great in the sight of God. The greatest treasure that we can bring before the Lord is his own children, helping bring them back to him. And so here, when the Lord is saying, I have a lot of treasure here for you in this city, really, he's saying, but it's not what you're thinking. It's not gold. It's not silver. Rather, it's many people in this city who I will gather out in my own due time. And he did eventually. Eventually, there was a branch in Salem. There was success there. But that was the treasure for the Lord. That was the gold. It was the souls of his children coming back to him. That is definitely another theme we saw this weekend in conference, was the love that God has for his children. Now let's take a look at the very last verse in section 111. It says, Therefore be ye as wise as serpents, and yet without sin, and I will order all things for your good as fast as ye are able to receive them. Now, that's such an interesting verse because he's saying, be wise like a serpent. And a serpent, honestly, is a symbol that can go either way. It can either be a symbol of sin and deception, or it can be a symbol of healing and of goodness. So obviously, this is asking him to be good, but he says, be wise as serpents. I love that word wise there, because wise is different than knowledge. He's not saying get all the knowledge of a serpent. He's saying be wise Wisdom isn't just about knowledge, it's about what we do with knowledge, how we respond to the knowledge that we have. Elder Robbins once said, wisdom is more than knowledge. It is also understanding good judgment, prudence, and common sense, which, by the way, isn't all that common. Wisdom is a gift of the Spirit, and Christ is the perfect example. God is the only fountain of true wisdom. My friends, I feel like we need wisdom in this world more than ever. There is no lack of knowledge in the world. There's no lack of information, right? But there seems to be a serious lack of wisdom. What do we do with that knowledge? What do we do with that information? The real question is, like Elder Robbins teaches us here, is are we going to the source of all knowledge to learn truth. Because God is the source of all wisdom. He can teach us truth from air. If we turn to him, if we learn to really hear him, and then if we're willing to trust him when he speaks to us, even if it's not what we want to hear or not what we're expecting to hear, then we never have to worry about being deceived because he will teach us as the fount of all wisdom and knowledge.